Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, this Sunday, we continue on in our sermon series about the Apostles' Creed. And we'll be talking about the portion that has to do with Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ. And as we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So we are in this season of Lent. We wear purple and we talk about fasting and praying and renewing our spirits. Now, this idea of fasting is one that um, it's not, uh, not practiced um, in the ways that we always used to practice it. It's, it's not like as an entire congregation we say there are things that we're not going to eat. Yes, some people give up certain things during Lent, might give up chocolate or or um, watch or doing having as much screen time, uh, or you might add things. You might add spiritual practices. But there's this idea of of fasting, fasting from certain kinds of foods, so as to deprive oneself physically. So, um, uh, somebody, one of the kids, tell me your favorite food. What's your favorite food? Somebody tell me. Pizza. How many of y'all like pizza in the congregation? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. So, uh, kiddos, if I were to tell you that you cannot have pizza for 40 days, yeah, that you should see some of the expressions, like a disbelief uh, going on right here. If I were to tell you you couldn't have, what about the congregation? How about you? You can't have pizza for 40 days. Y'all okay with that? Yeah, I've, yeah, some people are okay. Some people are giving me some thumbs down. Okay, so this is the kind of thing. So you deprive yourself of something you, you really want. And in some ways, as we talk about food, some things you really need for a while in order to focus on spiritual needs. So you become poor in a kind of way, physically, as far as the, the food you're consuming, with this belief that it opens up space in our hearts and in our, in our lives for spiritual growth. And you say, well, why is that the case? Well, I don't know, but it seems to be that as we deprive ourselves in one area, that we focus uh, in another area and open ourselves up in another area. And that's what the season of Lent is meant to be, the season of, of fasting but it's also a season of, of spiritual growth. And so during this Lenten season, we're, we're focused here on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, many of you have this bookmark here, and you see the uh, different portions of the Apostles' Creed. Uh, th we're talking about the, the portion dealing with Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, 
who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. That's the portion of the creed we're talking about. Now, the Apostles' Creed, as we read it in church from time to time, sometimes we, we wrestle with it. We wrestle with this sense of, I believe. Uh, Charlie and Rebecca did a great job in the upholstered creed a bit ago, talking about what you believe. A creed, this word creed or creed, comes from the, the Latin credo. Credo simply means, I believe. So creeds are, are a statement of belief. If you were to open up your hymnal, and you can do this if you want, and you look at the back of the hymnal, you'll see several creeds there around the 880s, 883, 881, kind of in there. You'll see several creeds. The Apostles' Creed will be there. The Apostles' Creed, uh, this creed that we're talking about during this sermon series, was a baptismal creed. This is why each and every time we have a baptism here, we walk through the creed. A clergy person will say, do you believe in God? And you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And, you just, and it goes on like that. So it's a, it's a baptismal creed. Various iterations of this, this same creed have been used for hundreds of years as Christians prepare for baptism and indeed are baptized. That's one of the creeds you'll see back there. Uh, we use uh, often here at University uh, Church the um, creed from Canada, United Church of Canada. We've got a few Canadians in the crowd. They're always really happy when I mention Canada, Miss um, Rebecca being one of them. Um, this, is, this is a more contemporary creed. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who is created and is creating, who's come in Jesus Christ. It's a new, a more modern creed. But when you look at some of the oldest and old creed, that is the creed that unifies most of the Christian world, it's the Nicene Creed. That's a longer creed. We read it maybe once or twice uh, during the year. You know, often around Christmas time, we'll read it. It takes a long time to say. You almost need an intermission, it takes so long to say. But it is meant to be this creed that is meant to hold up a mirror to the church and say, most fundamentally, this is what we, what we believe as a Christian church. It's meant to, again, be a mirror. Um, when we're tempted to stray away, it's meant to bring us back to this core set of, of beliefs, yet and still. I rarely talk to anybody who doesn't say, I, I wrestle through the creed. I mean, we start, I say, I believe in God, and then I got to tell you a few times I mumble through some of the parts or I, I exclude some of the parts because I don't know if I believe it from beginning to end. I've even had people ask me, this is the one that comes up the most. Uh, people will ask, hey, do I, do I need to believe in the virgin 
birth? Do I need to believe that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus to belong to the church, to be a part of the Methodist church or to, to join as a member of the church? Because folks say, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if I, if I believe that or, or not. So various of us might have portions of the creed that we wrestle with. And my sense is that this is a good thing, to think hard about the faith, to take, take a time to think through these things is important. And it, is, uh, it isn't the case that we say, hey, you've got to check off all the boxes, check off all the lines of all these creeds before you can come and be a part of our congregation. We, we don't say that. But what we do say is, you, it's a good thing to spend time thinking through these creeds. These creeds are meant to, as it relates to Jesus, talk about Jesus' humanity and divinity. The and is very important. The humanity and the divinity. When we think about all that is said about Jesus in these creeds, and indeed all that is said about Jesus as we read the Gospels, it's meant to say that this is not just some everyday fella. There's something amazing going on here. There's something that is more than natural. There's something supernatural in Jesus. These are amazing claims that are being made about Jesus. And as we're tempted to make our belief in Jesus uh, a concept or a, a philosophy, the creeds look back at us and they say, no, 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 it's something more. There's something in this person of Jesus Christ that offers us salvation, salvation that we need. And then the creed will say to us, do you believe it? Do you believe that this person who is fully human and fully divine has the salvation you believe. And then we've got to respond one way or another. We might respond differently at different phases of our life, but the creeds press us to respond. A long time ago, I uh, was a college student. I've shared uh, with some of you this story before. I was a college student, and we were on a, um, on, a, on a mission trip, you know, a spring break mission trip, as you sometimes do. And um, we were working, uh, in, we were in New York City, and we were working in an area that was very much economically depressed. I mean, there were some, there were some real challenges uh, going on um, with the, the people who live there. It's extreme poverty, and so many other factors that you could talk about. And so when we were about to go outside and just uh, the, the person who was there working for this nonprofit said, you know, we're, we're going to be cleaning up um, an abandoned building because we're going to use it as a, as a homeless shelter and, and we need some help. And so we we're going to do that work. But they said, we also want you to spend time talking to the people who are kind of on the streets hanging out and share your faith with them a bit. So all these college students 
uh, uh, went to share their faith with, um, with these folks who were just kind of hanging out on the street during the day because they were unsheltered, um, some of whom had uh, issues with uh, addiction, some of whom were waiting for uh, services from some of the nonprofits that were in the area. There's a lot going on on the street that I could, that you could imagine um, and that I'm not going to talk about during White Circle Worship. So, a lot going on on the street, um, some commerce of various kinds. Uh, and so we went out to share our faith. And they, the person said, now, I, I know y'all are, y'all are college students, and you're very bright, and you're very smart, and sometimes your faith can live in your head. But she said, the people that you're going to be talking to want to know if Jesus can really save them. They got lots of things going on in their, their life. Um, they, uh, they want to know Jesus says love, yes. They want to know if Jesus really has the power to save and transform their life. And she said to us, if you're shaky on that, won't you just stay behind, keep on cleaning this room? That is just fine. But if you believe it deeply, then I encourage you to go out and, and share your faith. And it was very convicting to me. Because I had to ask that question. Do I believe this for myself? I've heard it. I've heard pastors talk about it. Uh, We've done Bible studies about it. I've read about it in Scripture. But do I believe it deeply for myself? That's the question that the creed will ask us over and over again. Do you believe it deeply for yourself? in a way that's transforming you, in a way that you believe can transform the world. Do you believe it? When we think about um, creeds, often what we believe is kind of like a backpack. We just, we take things that we like and we stuff it in our backpack. I love going through the backpacks of uh, my kids, particularly my youngest, because there are all kinds of things in that backpack. There's stuff from school. There are Beyblades in there. Any kids, any of y'all have Beyblades in your backpack? Any of y'all? A few of you have Beyblades. Uh, anybody have snacks in your backpack? Anybody have snacks? Yeah, you got snacks in your backpack. There's all kinds kinds of things. Pencils, papers, snacks, Beyblades, Naruto toys. There's all kinds of stuff in the backpack. A few Jolly Ranchers. That's kind of like our, our um, life of belief. We're just kind of stuffing stuff in our backpack. Our, and, and my, um, I've gone to two different seminaries. I started at a seminary in Dallas, Perkins School of Theology. And we'd have to write in our second year a credo. It was a 30 to 40 page paper about what you believe about these very same categories in the creed. Now, I sometimes teach seminary classes now. There's no way I'd get a group of 40 people to write a 40 page paper. I don't want to read that much. I'm just confessing it. Uh, but it's just a lot, of, uh, a lot of work on the professor's part. And so, but we'd have to put these down and, and they'd lay on the altar. Um, they put black cloth and then you'd come and you'd lay your final paper down in silence and then leave the room. It was a great exercise. But what I loved about it is you really had to take time to say, do I believe this? What does it mean for me? This is what the creed is meant to do. Do you believe 
in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, was raised again for our sake. Do we believe it? Again, this part about Jesus is about humanity and divinity. We're comfortable with Jesus as being fully human, Jesus hanging out, talking to people, um, working with those who are um, on the margins. But are we comfortable with the Jesus who heals? With the Jesus who says you're going to be resurrected? With the Jesus who does all these miracles? Humanity and divinity. Here's what I think. When I think about the gospel according to Jesus Christ, the reason that Christianity was so powerful that it swept across the Greek world, that it swept across the Roman world, because this gospel message made sense to those who were poor. It made sense to those who were on the margins. So when you think about the backpack of your faith, all the things that you believe about Jesus, when, it's, when people are suffering through plagues, when people who are living under tyrants, when people who are, who are soul-crushingly poor, who are sick and have no idea how they're going to get any kind of relief, does the gospel message that you believe in make sense to them? Will be transformative for people who are living in those circumstances. If you were to get in a time machine and go back to first century Christianity and you were to preach the message that you believe, hey, God is uh, God's love and God wants world peace and God wants us to be radically accepting of all plurality. Will the people say, wow, that's it. This is exactly what I need. I feel that I have, um, I feel a sense of dignity. I sense, feel a sense of hope. And when I look at the world and all that uh, is out there and all the struggle, I, I feel that, that God is going to transform me and help me to live a new life in the midst of it. Will what you believe make any sense for people who are poor? Will it make any sense for people who are themselves tyrants? Does what you believe, does the gospel message make sense in that context for those people? Again, what, the reason that this Christian message swept through the Greek and the Roman world is because it made deep sense for people who were the most marginalized, who did not always have a sense of hope. It made sense. It made sense for people who did not know if they could be saved. It made sense. Is the gospel message that you believe in, that you carry into the world, is it moving for people who are on the greatest margins of our society? If the answer is yes, that's pretty close. 
If the answer is, I don't know, then maybe we must clarify the message that we preach. So my challenge to us this week, and I often uh, offer this challenge throughout a year, but I think this is a great challenge for the season of Lent. Spend time reading the Gospels. Maybe read all four Gospels. Maybe during this Lent, only read through one of the Gospels. You choose. But think about what the Gospel message is that is actually in the Gospels. And ask yourself the question, does it, how is this Gospel message making sense to the people who are most marginalized in that, in that Scripture? How is it making sense for them? And the second part of your challenge is this. To write out this sentence. You might write it out now and then fill in the blank. And I'd love to see the ways that you answer uh, or, uh, or fill in the blank. The good news is that Jesus Christ blank. That's the challenge. So write it out in a, in a sentence. The good news is that Jesus Christ and then fill in the blank. If, someone's, if you're in an elevator and someone said, hey, I need in 30 seconds or less uh, the, what the, the good news is, what would you say? What's the good news of Jesus Christ? The good news of Jesus Christ is blank. Write that down and then ask yourself the question. When it comes to people who are most on the margins of society, does that gospel message make sense? Is it inspirational? Is it moving? Is it going to make someone say, yes, that's it. That is exactly what I need to feel a sense of dignity, to feel a sense of hope for the future. The gospel of Jesus Christ is blank. And I pray that the answer that we give will not only transform our lives, but transform the life of the world. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.